Hello, Amy. How are you today? I'm fine. What about you? Fine. You know something that I wanted to mention that I didn't tell you during the week is that in our last episode, mm -hmm. we didn't say who we are. We just started because we normally <laughs> are like, hello, we are the bridge between truths. So we are that. If you forgot, guys, after so many episodes, well, not so many, but well, we didn't like properly introduce the podcast. We just started talking. Yeah, so you, you were too excited. Yeah, <laughs> to see you because I know that you oh. you like to hide between your life, in your life, I guess. Well, nice to see you. I'm happy to see <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> It's like I'm not going to give you any explanations of that. Yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, you don't deserve anything. And I'm Emilio Hernandez, and you are? Uh, I am Eduardo. Thank, thanks for asking. <laughs> But, uh, okay, Amy, we were discussing something uh, before we start, and it's more, uh, before before we started recording today, and it's how we would like to get involved our listeners more, right? Yeah, we have some news for our listeners about some some features that now are enabled uh, for, for you, our listeners, to interact a bit more with us. And how so, Amy? How can they do it? Well, there's, uh, especially in Spotify, if I'm not mistaken, we mm -hmm. have the Q&A section okay. where we are going to be uh, drawing some questions during the during the episodes that are going to appear mm -hmm. as well uh, on that section. And we would love to, to see some replies from our listeners. Yeah, to encourage some discussions, like the ones that we are having. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that currently our listeners are kind of like our friends and our acquaintances is, is it the word yeah uh, so 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 some of them uh, have been willing to get into the discussion itself mm -hmm. so i've received some messages like i don't know if i agree with you or i really like this concept so it's also an opportunity to mention these comments but like in the q a section right as you said okay. and we should try to address those questions later. yeah totally mm -hmm. and, and we uh, uh -huh, yeah. no 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 yeah for sure continue me now that we also have the the ranking, right? Yeah, we would like to have some ranking. Actually, this is useful feedback to see how mm -hmm. we are doing, what things we can improve, because at the end, we are preparing, we are doing some hard work to get this uh, episode here. However, we are aware that we need to, we need to improve, right? And we mm -hmm. don't know how to improve. Well, maybe we can. But uh, we don't know how to improve if we don't listen to our to our uh, audience, audience, right? Yeah. Yes. So we need your opinions with stars and comments. We would appreciate it so we can go into the direction that make you feel more comfortable with this, comfortable and happy with this content, right? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So please rank us and ask us questions. <laughs> if it, it would be better if it's like with a five star rank, but well, whatever your heart, whatever, yeah, whatever your heart is. Well, Amy, would you mind if we start with some recap about our last episode? Yeah, I think that would be that would be wise. Yeah, of course, we so, discuss many things, right? And uh, I get very intense about many things, so I start <laughs> like ramping and creating some unnecessary Taylor Swift Easter eggs. But we can cover <laughs> the generals, right? Yeah, I think we we should ignore the Easter eggs and okay focus on. What really matters here, right? I think uh, I would say there are three main things that we cover, right? 
like three references. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We were talking about uh, The Stranger by yep. Camus, about Whatever by Michel Lebec, and we also talked a bit uh, about The White Lotus season but, two, right? Yeah, exactly, right? And specific this uh, family that were three men, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the and three guys who have a, a weird uh, masculinity, toxic masculinity. I wouldn't say weird, I think it's very common. Right? Yeah, th yeah, that's why I corrected myself. It's not weird. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, and we we try to reach like a conclusion, like uh, focusing on the isolation of the self, isolation mm -hmm. of the self, the, um, mainly focus on uh, Hulebeck's whatever and Hulebeck's mm -hmm. hero. However, I think we found it very difficult, right? Mainly because we couldn't agree on something. Yeah, we couldn't agree on how to interpret, how to read the last section of uh, whatever. For you, if I'm not mistaken, it was more like a toxic isolation, an isolation that was reaffirming or verifying the problem. And I was trying to, to defend that it might not be like that exactly. I, I do think it's a sim symptom of the problem, yep. but not necessarily... Uh, Making it worse. The thing, the thing, Emmy, is that isolation leads to many things, and actually leads to everything but isolation. <laughs> because when you are isolated, you you are eager for some, let's say, human contact or interaction. Mm -hmm. I think that's the word. And you start, for example, focusing too much on social media, right? Mm -hmm. And you start pouring your life into that. And mm -hmm. then uh, you are like isolated at home with no interaction because the world is toxic or dangerous. But now you are like in a new world in which social media becomes like your life mm -hmm. or becomes the validation that you need to exist. How? What do you think about it, Amy? Yeah, that, that's precisely one of the topics that we were discussing last week and which I think it's also what we're going to be uh analyzing in more depth today, which is that difference between uh, the private and the public aspects. Uh, last week, we were talking about the critic that Ulebeck makes to this, uh, or poses the critic to this, where he, he believes that uh, our modern day society with uh, capitalism and post-Fordism is precisely um, dissolving the difference between whatever it's uh, private, uh, and whatever it's public, it's entering and um, permeating, not in, in a good way necessarily, our private lives. So yeah, that's precisely what we see with social media. No? It, yeah. It's ruling our lives. <laughs> yeah, actually, talking about social media ruling our lives and in, like combining and, and invading the public and the private, I have like a personal story in me. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't get you to depress. <laughs> or I get the audience to depress. For me, it's a depressing story, I guess. So, uh, because it takes me back to, uh, how do we call it? Mm, secondary school? Is it the correct word? Kind of? Like the step before high school, right? Junior high school? Yeah, I would say so. And I was in my last year. Mm -hmm. And I was around 14 years old. And I kind of, kind of had like my first girlfriend. But the interesting part is that this person, well, in that moment we were teenagers, uh, 
was not interested in making it public. Mm. So she asked me to make it like a secret. So we were a secret, I guess. And I remember oversharing this with my best friends at the moment. And they were, I wouldn't say mean, but critical. Like, no, 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 you shouldn't allow this because like she's embarrassed of you. So so you deserve better, you know, and probably they were right. But I think (laughs) that their criticism was also connected to this, the necessity of the private being public. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, it, it even, I, I was and I am part of this phenomenon that I actually published on Facebook because in that moment, Facebook Facebook was our lives, not like today that we don't really care about Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. And actually, I changed my status, my relationship mm-hmm. status, and I uh, updated it to on a relationship. I didn't say with whom mm-hmm. because it was a secret, but I, I had the need to share the fact that I was in a relationship. So even though I was asked to keep it a secret, I needed I needed it to be public. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying, right? How the public and the private are not distinguishable anymore because being in a relationship, not that I'm an adult, well, I hope so, not that I'm an adult, I really understand why things need to be private Mm-hmm. in a different way not not like in a secret but like about being you and i think it's validation uh-huh. right you you do not you don't need the validation anymore uh, you yeah. don't need to, to validate a relationship by posting it on, on facebook right it, you I, I hope that you can validate a relationship <laughs> on your own right of course on your own and with your with your girlfriend Yeah, I'd say that we still need some validation, even though we both agree that some things that we used to do when we were in high school are not so necessary nowadays, or we Mm -hmm. actually see them as toxic traits. Mm -hmm. However, we still do need this validation, right? That's why sometimes we have this picture with our partners on social media or like our um, main profile pictures, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, it is still happening, even though we are not the same as we were when we were kids, well, teenagers in that way. Uh, but that's precisely the point of today's episode, right? How we still need that validation. And as you said, maybe small details like profile picture, but also uh, when we travel, we need to post it everywhere. When we go uh, dining to a, a nice restaurant, we, we took uh, pictures of our dishes prior to consuming them so we we have this need of uh making things that in themselves are actually private to take them to the public sphere and but i think what what i i would like to emphasize is the opposite process not not only how we need to validate by taking things into the public sphere but how the public sphere uh, is permeating in our lives so that we can transform the question a little bit and not uh, not wondering so much why you decided to validate in the public sphere of Facebook back in the day but why did you have the need to do it in the first place where does that need come from right and yeah and, mm-hmm. and, and actually your example was kind of like mm-hmm. it makes us reflect a lot because 
you are eating, you go to a nice restaurant, you're enjoying your meal with your friend, mm -hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever, and you need to share this moment. And it's it's interesting because it's affecting your free time, your leisure time in which you are supposed to be relaxing mm -hmm. and not engaging on productivity, but actually we are being productive because we are kind of like enriching Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. And many, many things, right? And actually, you personally have a specific criticism that I think it's a moment for you to share it, Amy. Yes. Um, last episode, we wanted to comment on something that we actually didn't about a film uh, called Five to Seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, do I. And you, you were telling me about this uh, film and you were telling me how they usually met from five to seven, and that was the reason why the film is called like that, right? Yes. And this is how the, the idea for the episode uh, arose, that it's basically that I was telling you if you knew why people used to meet from five to seven. I think maybe, sorry for interrupting you, maybe we can be a little bit more specific on the importance mm -hmm. of five to seven. And mm -hmm. actually in the movie, they contextualize it uh, in this lover's concept, Mm -hmm. in which five to seven is mm -hmm. the hour in which you meet your lover, your lover. not yeah, a person it's, it's... that you love, but a person exactly. outside of your marriage, right? So it's a, a French tradition according to this film. It's an American film, however, mm -hmm. but the person engaged in the affair is a French lady. So mm -hmm. she asks her lover to meet her in these hours because it's tradition. Sorry, I just wanted to give this context. So no, can... and it, it, it's great because that, that context uh, helped me a lot. I was forgetting about that. Um, and precisely because it's tradition, not only when you're having an affair outside, outside of marriage, but we can uh, track this tradition to when people were not married yet, when two single uh, individuals uh, mm -hmm. started liking each other and they, they wanted to meet. They had to do it when the house of the of the female usually was open to receiving guests. And that okay. time was from five to seven. And it was important because it was the time when they, the house was open to guests with the supervision of the parents. Okay. So from five to seven, it was when the guy could go and see the, the girl always on the supervision of the parents. That's important, but what's most important is how uh, romantic relationships specifically used to emerge and used to be constructed on the private sphere inside the house of the of the girl, usually. Okay. But it was everything on the private sphere. They couldn't go out and have a coffee. They couldn't go out uh, to the cinema. They had to remain at home. But now... Whenever we date, we usually don't do it at our parents' house. That's precisely what we do not want to do. Yeah, We want to go out and we need to create a relationship, a love relationship on the sphere of the public, at yeah. a cafe, at the movies, and usually within the constraints of consumption. Yeah, no, which is indeed. Because actually, if we think about these dates that are a bit more private, they are, and I'm totally getting into what we want to discuss is Netflix and chill. We have this like kind of mm -hmm. like collocation using a, a teaching uh, term, term, but well, we have this expression right, that is Netflix and chill. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it's more private. It's like a more personal celebration of your relationship. However, it still implies consumption. And actually- it's And that's a- what makes it public. Exactly, yeah. And and that uh, and it has actually benefited Netflix a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They take pride of it, of it and, and even though this expression of Netflix and chill now has like a double meaning, not mm-hmm. like it ha- it totally has a double meaning. Uh, the the Netflix use it as at has owned it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very impressive. And it's great that you mentioned Netflix because um as you said this uh, lack of distinction between the public and the private spheres are very obvious on the leisure time. Also in the past, leisure time was just for doing absolutely nothing. But nowadays, leisure time is meant for consumption, right? We need to generate a surplus even when we are not working. And how can we do that? By consuming on our leisure time, on our free time. And what best example than streaming services yeah and i think there is well i shouldn't be mentioning this because i didn't do the research myself so i don't have like the sources but i was engaged in a conversation with one of my friends uh, some years ago and i remember that she told me that millennials are one of the generations with the most stressed because they were like involved in this education which required constant consumption that we needed to be learning something all the time like Mm -hmm. if you are watching a tv show it's because it's going to be enriching your life you shouldn't be consuming garbage right you should be getting it smarter and smarter you should be reading or or even the fact that you play video games it's 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 totally enriching the need of yeah we always want to we want to justify uh, playing video games through weird excuses of how that is going to help our skills. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, and that's exactly the point. How the public sphere, in this case of the market, is affecting like our most inner elements, which is uh, leisure time, romantic relationships, and, and, and now we want to make them about consumption. And maybe we can say that in this episode, in more, more specifically, uh, we are getting into uh, some criticism directed to streaming services, right? We will be discussing different aspects, mm-hmm. but it's we will be focusing on that because we started with an anecdote connected to social media and Facebook, but that's not where exactly where we are going. We are directing more to Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, whatever you mm-hmm. consume, even if Maybe you even consume all of them, right, people? <laughs> but, Amy, before we get into the actual discussion, uh, would you mind if we take a break? And let's take a break. I need some water. Perfect. <laughs> so I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. Hello. We're back hi, after hi. our break. Yeah, I needed some water. I think I get too intense when I speak, and uh, you know, my voice is damaged. Yeah, you need to control yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like behave yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take a chill pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for some comments after the last episode. I think I was too intense on it. 
So, <laughs> so let's see how today goes because we are getting to the good stuff right now. Yeah. But, well, as we mentioned before we went to our break, we were discussing some things about streaming services. Uh, what do you prefer, Emil? Do you want to start with your points or do you want me to start? Maybe just uh, as a recap, we're going to talk about streaming services uh, as an exemplification of how the public sphere gets into the private and why streaming services uh, foster this uh, situation that might not be beneficial for ourselves as individuals and our relationships, right? Yeah, and something that it's important for me, Amy, well, and for us, because mm -hmm. it's it's our podcast, is that we always find the it's always that we always find the connection that the problems that we discuss have to different aspects of, of life, right? Not only discussing from one aspect, not only from literature, not only from pop culture, but how it is connected. So for the preparation of this episode, I wanted to give some context of streaming services and how I understand that they were born. I know that Netflix was born in the 90s. However, Netflix uh, in, back then wasn't what it is today. Mm -hmm. Well, nowadays, I think Netflix became what it is around... 2011, 2012, give or take. I mean, maybe a bit uh, earlier. However, its boom was around those years, right? Mm -hmm. So it's been around for more than 30 years or almost 30 years, but uh, this streaming service uh, process that it had, no, this streaming service nature that it has, it's more recent. And when, when we were preparing for this episode, uh, I I was thinking about a very specific episode of Soul Park mm -hmm. uh, that it's kind of old, that it's from season seven, episode mm -hmm. nine. And in this episode, they talk about piracy. Mm -hmm. And they, well, to give more context, we have our four main characters that are uh, Carmen, Kyle, Stan, and Kenny, right? And Carmen is a troublemaker. He's always like going against everything. He's always discussing with his friends. And what he wants is money. And what he wants is getting a, how do they call it? Platinum disc, something like that. Mm -hmm, yeah. When you're in a band and you sell plenty of copies, you get like this special disc. And he wants to become a Christian band because, yes, Christian is the word or how? Yeah, Christian rock band. Yes, mm -hmm. Christian rock band because... Uh, the followers of God are very intense and they are going to consume the disc. And they are like, no, how am I going to do this? And even Kyle, he's Jewish, right? So why is he going to do that? They they all have some principles on like Carmand. He doesn't care. So uh, these, these three guys, uh, Kyle, Kenny and Stan, get into this journey on discovering how hard it is to be an artist and how it is not worth creating your art because people are going to illegally consume it. And how are you going to do that? And they go into this like um, three Christmas ghost kind of story mm -hmm. in which they travel to different moments and they see Britney Spears suffering because she doesn't have enough money to get in a of forgetting a second airplane. And seeing a, a different artist crying because uh, they cannot afford a second island. You know, this very 
very real problems, you know. People are suffering because of that. Yeah. And it's literally a criticism of that, how um, the need of consuming is always the priority. They go into a strike that if people don't stop illegally uh, consuming uh, music, they wouldn't ever like create new music. And everybody starts supporting them, like famous artists. Mm -hmm. And they, they get into the realization that the most important part is art, not, not money. So they decide to return to their band and create their music. And artists are like, no, actually, we were always here for the money. So we don't care. So, so you know, these people that are just uh, concerned about making money. Mm -hmm. And uh, why am I sharing this? Because this problem with piracy was, some, was a big deal back in the day, like 10 years ago. Maybe today is like, whatever, nobody does that because streaming services have defeated that problem and we don't even see it. No, normally, it's, in the past, it was very common to buy illegal movies or illegal music. Like you seen, do you remember these programs, Amy, LimeWire? LimeWire. Ares or something. Yeah. And nowadays they have disappeared because streaming services have conquered everything. And actually you have streaming services for music, for podcasts. Actually, we are like in one of them right now, so... But if I give us money, <laughs> but um, they have actually defeated the problem and they, they, they have a right to stay here, right? Mm -hmm. not this problem that capitalism and consumerism had, it doesn't not longer exist because now it's easier for us to buy, to pay a hundred pesos or to hundred pesos subscription, but what we don't even realize is that we are paying paying several of them, mm -hmm. not just one. So, well, I wanted to to start with this context, Amy, about uh, why it was created, and I think South Park really represents it in this specific episode. If you haven't watched it, guys, it's very very funny, and at the end, Carmen suffers. <laughs> so, it's fun. While <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you were talking about this, and I actually I didn't realize it while I was watching the episode, but it makes perfect sense. But I'm not I'm not sure if I'm right. That this story sounds extremely similar to what happened with Metallica precisely like 15 years ago. And it actually continues happening. Like they they are um notorious for their fight against piracy. Okay. Um Precisely because uh, they have gone to trial and, and done a huge amount of things because they don't want their music uh, being out there for free. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, now that you mentioned, and, and as you were talking like this, this uh, hard rock Christian band uh, fighting against piracy because they want to make money. Yeah, I want to like, And I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. I don't know if they are actually... Uh, making fun of them, it 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 would be interesting to ch to check whether the release date is close Matches. to what happened with Metallica. Uh -huh. Because well, maybe it's kind of, of like a, a Simpsons phenomena. I don't like to use this term, but well, <laughs> that uh, they kind of predict, but they don't really predict. It's maybe because we are. Yeah, it's too obvious. <laughs> yes, exactly. We are we are so predictable, right? But it's mm -hmm. not so difficult to do it. It's not because you are a genius. And actually, now that you give this example with Metallica, I also remember one of the things that my idol did back in the day, that she was mm -hmm. fighting against Spotify, Taylor Swift. Mm 
do you remember that mm -hmm. she had this fight? Because she was she used to be not on Spotify, exactly. right? Yes. I don't know if she's she, now. I think she's there and she's been there like mm -hmm. for for several years. Okay, yeah, but it's I think something recent. Mm -hmm. I think like 10 years ago she was fighting against them mm -hmm. because they weren't paying musicians enough money or like fair money. And she was fighting this fight, but with the flag of being an artist, that artists deserve uh, recognition. And actually, what Apple did to take advantage of the situation is like that Apple did have Taylor Swift mm -hmm. on like Spotify. So uh, Apple did get a lot of followers because of that. However, uh, Taylor Swift also went into like war against them as well, because mm -hmm. uh, Apple Music has a three-month trial mm. if you are like a new subscriber. And in, during these um, three months, if you reproduce uh, Taylor Swift's music or anybody's music, they, they wouldn't receive any money. Mm -hmm. So also Taylor Swift fought against that, that they still needed to receive what they deserve, according to her truth. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very interesting. Then it returns to the same, right? Consuming. And that consuming actually gets to something that is at the end money. Yeah. And uh, now that you're, you mentioned this uh, situation that she had, or she was advocating for the artists, uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you when you were talking about um, South Park's criticism and thinking about Taylor Swift and Metallica, is that we can ask ourselves, okay, who are we enriching uh, by streaming? Okay. Uh, let's think about back in the day when we had to buy CDs and piracy was uh, more common. We could ask ourselves that question, right? Who, who are we enriching uh, by when we're buying these albums? And I think the answer was not exactly nor Metallica nor Taylor Swift. But the label, yeah, exactly. they were the ones who were making the money, right? So we can ask the same, who are we enriching right now? Ideally, we would be enriching Metallica and Taylor Swift and, and the artists. But are we? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's a problem because even though this uh, speech that they have produced in order to defend artists, it's not even real. Mm -hmm. Because if we think about Taylor Swift's case, uh, she even lost the rights of her, of her songs because of that, mm -hmm. because it weren't hers. So if you were buying uh, her, uh, her stuff, her music, you weren't reaching her. So even though you want to be like a good fan or, you know, like a good Swifty, you couldn't because at mm -hmm. the end, she's not getting the money that she doesn't need, of course, but well, that's a different story. So yes, you are you are like uh, giving this money to, who, who, how do we call them? Like these- Yeah, the producers. producers. Yeah, exactly. the... Producing houses are the name? Uh -huh, the labels. Yeah. So yes. that, that's that's even the problem that there is no way of defending art. Because when okay, you are you want to give the money to this uh, rich white artist, mm -hmm. but they are not the ones getting rich, maybe in a small percentage. Or like the fan the well, sorry, sorry, and I didn't get to that point. No, that uh, just to make you a little bit mad. Okay. Uh, and quoting what you said that Taylor Swift said, right? Like she was advocating for the artists and she said that the artist was not being paid. Rather, it was a Spotify in this case. And it was interesting when you mentioned that uh, then she stopped receiving money because she was the songs were not even hers. 
Yes. I would like to, to continue there and wonder in many of these artists, maybe she the criticism applies to herself, like of to what extent the songs that she is releasing under her name are actually hers, and how much is actually the musicians who are creating the music for her. So even if we continue on that train of thought, yes, we can say that the, the real artist, the real musician, the one who is mixing, the one who is producing, the ones who, who is uh, playing the instruments, writing the lyrics, uh, is not directly receiving the money. In the case of many of these pop stars, I know that with Taylor's version and so on, we know that she actually wrote the lyrics and, and everything. But she's she's getting rich, not Jack Antonoff. I mean, Jack Antonoff should should be getting at least half of whatever she's making, and she and he's not. Yeah, I think the the, the problem that these people face that uh, that they are also artists is that they are not the brand, right? And when you are not exactly. the brand, you 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 it is not uh, feasible for uh, producing houses to uh, to actually like compensate you. Because what sells mm -hmm. is not the song per se; it's Taylor Swift's name. Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. a great example is this new disc that she released, uh, Midnight. That the uh, disc per se is not actually good. Maybe mm -hmm. for me, just one song or two, Antihero. That it's actually like it has some depth. Mm -hmm. However, the rest of the disc is just generic pop, right? But it's under the name of Taylor Swift, and she's like a huge star right now because she's quoting fight mm -hmm. I think against uh, the patriarchy she's fighting again producing houses so that's the problem and I understand your point and I think as you said Taylor Swift also gets a bit into this category but on, on the same time she's also involved in the creative process and you can agree with me mm -hmm. on this it's not only her yeah, definitely. but I agree with you that it also applies to so many artists like I don't want to give examples because maybe I were a few followers are going to hate us. But well, just one that I have in my mind is like Dua Lipa, right? That she's literally just a brand. She's just a face. And she's not really like an artist. She just sells the music with... No, I don't want to say she's... <laughs> this continue. Yes, but... <laughs> no, I, 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 see, I see your point. Actually, there are really uh, cool videos that you can watch uh, for free on YouTube about the producers, and this came to my mind because it's especially about the producers from Dua Lipa, I think Justin Bieber and a hip hop guy, I, I don't remember who, um, that are showing the creative process behind one of the songs uh -huh. and how well all the artistry comes from the the producer. Some some cases it's one producer, in other cases it's like 15 guys uh, creating the song. And how some of the things that they are doing are impossible for the artist to actually perform when it's live because it's so highly produced that they will never achieve this. But I think we are digressing a bit. We're not criticizing pop artists. We're yes. streaming <laughs> services. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the the uh, our point was how we, we have to ask ourselves who are we enriching and by consuming certain things, right? Yeah, I, I think the point is make uh, we we established the point that um, we are not enriching the real artist, the, the whoever is the mastermind behind certain thing in many cases at least. 
Yeah, even though you are enriching, yeah, even though you you attempt to enrich, in this case, Taylor Swift, Dua Lipa, Adele, whoever, mm-hmm. you are not enriching them because we have now streaming services. Maybe before it was the, the producing houses, but now we have the streaming services and the producing houses that get more money before mm-hmm. uh, the actual artist that you want to help. Well, not help. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the yeah, you want to support. support. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and I don't know if you have seen the, I don't know the ro- royalty rates, uh, that you how how much. Uh, my brain is uh, having problems because I'm seeing a lot of numbers on my screen and it okay it freezes. But how many streams you need in order to make a dollar in different streaming services? Oh, so no, for no, example, no idea. in order to make a dollar in Apple Music, you need uh, 125 streams in amazon you need 249 to make a dollar on spotify you need 314 to make a dollar and youtube music you need 500 streams to make a single dollar so if you want to support your artists probably go to apple music but i guess bandcamp and those more indie uh, streaming services are better because you're actually consuming directly from the artist but that's also another story yeah and the problem is i mean it's it's not a problem of this the streaming service but it's a problem of the nature of capitalism and consumerism and branding Uh, but what kind of artists are you going to find there and we get into so many topics right like maybe Mm -hmm. can consume more in the streaming services also for movies but if you are a person that has been influenced for mainstream uh, products, it's going to be difficult for you to actually support the people that are in the mainstream without enriching also these streaming services and producing houses that are actually like in power. Mm-hmm. So, so if you are a Taylor Swift fan, you cannot go to an indie service because Taylor Swift's name cannot be there. You know, yeah. so it's paradoxical. So the solution would be stop supporting Taylor Swift. And it's impossible to do that, Amy. I would say that piracy is a solution. I, I want to talk about that later. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy that you mentioned capitalism because uh, last, <laughs> on our episodes of The Meat, you criticized me for constantly quoting Plato. Uh, so It wasn't a critic. No, I was just joking around. Okay, I, I'm going to constantly start quoting uh, our Lord and Savior, Savior Karl Marx. Okay. I would like to quote him from the Communist Manifesto. Okay. Uh, I think some people uh, have disconnected from the episode after this, Amy. <laughs> Shame on them. <laughs> uh, they are missing out. But, let, but for, but for, for the ones who are still here, uh, I'm going to quote Karl Marx. And please let us know on the comment section what you think about this. Okay. Uh, and the quote says, all that is solid melts into air. All that is holy is profane. And man is at last compelled to face with sober senses his real condition of life and his real uh, relations with his kind. I, I want to emphasize the first part. All that is solid melts into air. So we used to have the solid CD, literally, the hard copy of your CD. But now we don't have anything. We used to own the music. Like 
I, I have my teenage my teenage years collection of albums in front of me, and I can play them whenever I want for free. Well, I already paid for the album, right? But I can share them with someone else, and they can download it to the computer. And I, I had only I, I only needed to buy them once, right? And I don't have to pay anymore. So I own that. I had something solid, but now that solid. It's just turning into air. It's melting into air. I really like that metaphor of melting into air because now we don't own the music or the films that we consume. Now we have to annually or monthly or whatever pay in order for us to be able to continue. Even if we download them on Spotify on Apple Music, if we don't renew our membership, we won't be able to to listen to that whatever thing we we downloaded so now everything has melted into air and for me that's the biggest criticism to streaming services because they are embodying this characteristic of of capitalism sorry how, how do you call these people who accumulate a lot orders orders so i think that's uh, the the thing we do in that emmy is that we mm -hmm can have this behavior. Can you repeat the word for me? Sorry. Orders? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. No, you're right. I, I'm the problem. Hi, it's me. You are. And, and the hero again. <laughs> End of uh, the chapter. <laughs> That's Taylor, Taylor Swift's easter eggs once, once again. But the thing is, actually, this is something that I like about streaming services. I mean, I understand your point that they have taken everything from us. So actually nothing is our own. However, consumerism has also created this disease in which you don't live at peace because you need everything. You need something to be happy. You need to have, you need to touch something, an object, a movie, a book, whatever, to feel happy, to feel satisfied, to feel whole. And I don't think this is healthy either. I understand your point that it feels like they have taken everything from the people However, in this case, they have taken a disease that we don't need. Or they, they, they have helped us kind of in a way to reduce it. Let, let me disagree. Okay. Uh, because I, I am quoting Marx on purpose. I, I was not quoting Bauman, who, who also talks about this uh, melting into everything. I'm, I'm quoting Marx because for him, um objects that we produce with our labor are part of ourselves because they are the realization of our workforce they are the realization of our dreams maybe they are the realization of our ideas or of our work so whenever you produce something that thing is part of yourself and it's part of what human is to see that object uh, turn into reality, that material thing. This idea comes from Hegel, uh, but let's not dive uh, into that. And what he calls alienation, Marx, not Hegel, is precisely the idea that the product of your work, the product of your labor is alienated from you. You cannot use it, you cannot consume it, and you cannot sell it, so you don't see any benefit from what you're doing. And I think that something similar is happening with the streaming services because you you are paying for them somehow. 
but you don't see anything afterwards. You 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 don't see your work alienated in something that belongs to you and to you ultimately, as it is with an album, right? It used to be great. I remember that I had to work hard in order to be able to buy a I don't know two hundred pesos album. But but now I I I pay a subscription, but I I never see that realization of of my hard work. I would like to, I I I have to disagree with you, Emi, because again, it's it's when we get into this concept of owning things. Like, why do we own? Why do we need to own them? I think it's kind of like selfish to behave like that. And I understand the part of hard work, but I think also, I mean, this is about you are getting into the uh, area of merits. Like, because I work this much, I deserve this much. But who are we to say that we deserve it or not? You know what I mean? So that's why I disagree. I understand the criticism of streaming services, and I would like to get into some of its other dangers. Because maybe in this in this specific aspect we are not going to agree because for me it's kind of healthier to live without these objects, and I feel that it's kind of selfish and I'm not saying that I do this actually you can see that I have comics here on my wall that that I have collected mm -hmm. or or accumulated for some people right so um, I uh, as you as you as you as you told me capitalism makes us hypocrites. I'm being mm -hmm. hypocritical right now. I understand that, but I think it's healthier to live without the physical possession stuff because you can have a cleaner house and that's peace. I think this is one of the most underrated, underrated things in life, a clean and neat house, right? Mm -hmm. But I would like to get into the topic of uh, quality, the quality of the product that we are receiving. And as mm -hmm. you know, Amy, I'm a translator. Mm -hmm. And I also, besides my major, my professional major, I took a, an additional course that is more oriented to audiovisual translation. So I am kind of specialized into dubbing and subtitling. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important uh, people in my professional life is my, was my subtitling professor. Actually, she helped me uh, writing my thesis. How do we call these people in English? Um, my Tutor? Tutor, okay, yes. She was my tutor in, in, in creating it. And uh, she really, really hates streaming services, I think as much as you do, uh, because they give uh, poor quality. Yeah. And she says that uh, they, they are asking people to subtitle movies for very little money. So the people who do it are people who are not professional or people who depend on automatic... Uh, tools like Google Translate, so at the end you have some shitty, uh, some shitty like results. Mm -hmm. So that's why you can. It has happened to me with Amazon Prime and HBO Max that you are watching the movie and you have the subtitles and they are a mess in terms of content of the translation, but in terms of format because format is also important for people who have studied uh, mm -hmm. subtitling. They understand the importance of it. So at the end, streaming services are killing the quality of many things. But I mean, before we go deeper in the conversation, I think it's time to have a little bit of a break so we can uh, finish the discussion and close the episode. Do you agree or not? Yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, let's let's take a let's take a break and we can return to this uh, issue of quality and try to wrap up with some conclusion. Okay, thank you very much, Amy. I'll see you around. <laughs> see you around. <laughs> So Amy, we are back after our short hey. break. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you have had these weeks in which um, you are like living your life, you have like your uh, commitments in order, your duties, and some things like suddenly pop up and they mm -hmm. give you like a bit of stress and they kind of like break your routine. Yeah, and you have to sleep later and you have to readapt your schedule and it, it can be chaotic. So uh, I feel like this this week I'm a bit of a bit tired and I just want the week to end and I don't mean Friday, I mean Sunday. So I just <laughs> want it to be Monday. I don't know why. Yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, people hate Mondays, right? Oh, but as GXF, you don't hate Mondays, you hate capitalism. Okay. Well, I think it's a good phrase to continue with our uh, flooring ideas before mm -hmm. the break. And we were discussing about uh, the quality of streaming services that actually, that's a, a different product as well, right? A product, no, a different problem as well. Because we mentioned mm -hmm. about how uh, they don't give enough money to the artist. We mentioned how people don't have anything for their work. Actually, they just have air mm -hmm. or space on the net. Mm -hmm. If we can even call it their own, because not really. And now we get to one of the most important parts, that is the quality of the content. And this is disrespectful towards artists and the audience, because actually the ones that are destroying the quality of things are streaming services. And now I want to make a different connection to South Park, but to a different episode. It's not mm -hmm. really an episode, it's more of a movie. After the pandemic, uh, South Park like had some uh, had a deal with Paramount Plus. This is hypocritical because Paramount Plus is a streaming service mm -hmm. uh, in which they were supposed to release seven movies, and one okay. of the movies is called Streaming Services Part One. Well, two of the movies, Part One and Part Two, right? Mm -hmm. And the movies is a cool job because they are. We have our main characters involved in a streaming service, but it's not a streaming service like Netflix. It's a streaming service in which they provide water. That's <laughs> why it's streaming, right? A literal stream. Yeah, exactly. But they use this literal streaming service to criticize streaming services. And one of the criticism is that at what point we are going to get uh, so many streaming services that we are not, yeah, we don't even, we won't know which one to pay. And they'll be in this sick competition that they'll start creating so many things that they won't care anymore about the quality. They'll just care about the quantity and that the, the, they keep providing on. And I think one of the best examples is what happened with Disney Plus, Disney Plus Marvel Studios and Marvel. Uh, this, they are like one thing, right? Together. Mm -hmm. After the this uh, glorious moment for them with Endgame in 2019, which is a horrible movie in my opinion. Sorry, I needed to say it. I think it was unnecessary, but well, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, then they they were deciding how to continue. 
And one of the things they did was to continue on Disney Plus, a streaming service with shows, original shows. So they create, they are creating shows uh, connected to this universe that they created mm -hmm. originally on the movies, but from different characters. Of course, as it's natural, the shows have lower budget than movies, but I think that's natural, right? That's not something like, oh, it's because it's on streaming services. No, that's something natural of the industry. However, they depend on CGI, and the CGI is horrible, like truly, truly horrible. The scripts are just a joke. The continuity of things is just like crazy or difficult to follow. So everybody is just criticizing them. But people still consume them. Mm -hmm. So that's like, again, paradoxical, hypocritical a bit. So now we get into a point in which we don't like what we see, but we continue to see it because it's what we have. And we don't care about quality or analyzing or um, re-exploring the beautiful parts of different content. We just care about the new thing and the next thing. And how soon will I get the second part of this shitty thing that I didn't even like? You know, I think that's what's happening. And streaming services are really fostering it. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. they, they are not the origin of the problem, but they are the main cause of it currently. Yeah, indeed. It, it makes me think about how we do not consume albums anymore, but singles, right? We, As you said, we just care about the, the next new thing, uh, the next big thing. And we are even maybe losing the ability to like to pay attention to longer uh, stretches of production or longer pieces of art, right? Because if we just want the next new thing, the next episode and the next podcast and the next um, TikTok or whatever. I just consume so, yeah. 30 second TikToks nowadays. That's what, what I consume and that's it. And <laughs> that's why you lose my attention. No, I lose your <laughs> attention, sorry, after 30 seconds, right? Like, yes, that's why I never bring notes to our podcast meetings. Sorry for that. Let's say that's <laughs> the reason, but okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I was thinking about how this is part of the relative democ democratization of content, right? Uh, everyone is producing content. Now everyone can produce content, so we are bombarded by yeah. a bunch of, of stuff. It's also really interesting how you mentioned, yeah, we continue consuming despite the quality. That's something uh, worth considering, but I want to to focus a little bit on this idea of how this excess of content may be affecting us somehow. Okay. Because precisely we we can ask ourselves what type of content is this excess? No, like we have an excess of superhero films, but we don't have an excess of other type of films necessarily on other type of topics. So we are subjected to a very specific type of excess, right? And we cannot consume so easily other type of things. Yeah, and and I want to avoid the topic of superheroes because I don't want you to criticize them more than I just did. But for example, <laughs> I'm very toxic, sorry, maybe for that. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that really affected me when I was a teenager and also as a young adult, I... Mm -hmm had very this very sick idea of love because it was what uh, shows gave me. 
because yeah, I, I was heading I, there. Mm -hmm. And I was totally inspired by this Ross and Rachel toxic love in Friends <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or, or, or Ted not knowing how to move on and always pursuing Robin, even though she said no many, many times. And this kind of sick, obsessed dude. And mm -hmm. we thought that that was love or that that was being romantic. And then we get into like your real life and you receive these pieces of advice in which you have to um, fight for what you love or mm -hmm. pursue love. But it's not even their fault because it's what they are being taught. Yeah, and, and this, uh, as we, for people who have been following us since the very beginning, nice. uh, you may know that this is precisely what we defined as a myth, right? This narrative that compels us to behave in a certain way and it's precisely what you're saying no we as i mentioned we have this excess of content but it has very specific qualities that is teaching us how to behave how to love and i think this brings us back to the topic that we were discussing in the very beginning no how the sphere of the public space is permeating into the space of the of the private life up to the extent in which the way that we love, as you were uh, explaining now, uh, is affected, no? And it's molded and it's modified, uh, just as you were sharing as well in your uh, opening story, right? Like you you yeah, had and... this need to share it on Facebook. But the problem, Amy, is that it's not just about the validation itself, because mm -hmm. if we stop there, it wouldn't be so problematic, in my opinion. If all that you needed from uh, the public was some validation on Facebook, like a like mm -hmm. or a nice mm -hmm. comment, like, oh, you are goals, something like that, you know, what people mm -hmm. write, that would be, okay, it's not so bad. But the real problem Amy, is that they are conducting our behavior in our mm -hmm. truly personal time. And the way we treat our friends and partners is the, is, is the way that the public has taught us and wants us to behave and, and that's, and that's us, right? the real the, the, that, 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 that we don't even notice it mm -hmm. we are just like an echo again Joseph Campbell reference why not we are just an echo of what they have instructed us to do with these pieces of advice from our friends I don't know I, I, I don't know if you have seen these toxic uh, memes or videos on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, that they say, like, I had a discussion with my partner, uh, but fortunately, we reached a conclusion and we agree on something. However, uh, she she went uh, with her friends on a meet, on a reunion, a, a friend reunion, and she returned angry again because her friends didn't agree with us. You know, like how what our friends say, what our parents say, what society says, what the public says, mm -hmm. dictate the behavior in a relationship. Yes, exactly. And validity appears again, right? It's, it's yeah. dictating uh, also who is valid as a human being, and who yeah. isn't, which ways of loving are valid uh, and which ones aren't, you know? And I love your reference to Campbell with the echo. I would like to complement it with a psychoanalytic reference that maybe it's not only an echo but even a permutation right there's a system symbolically organized pre-existing 
to whatever decisions we may uh, take, but that forces us to permutate, to repeat that yeah. pre-existing order, right? Yeah, and well, we can get into so much with this because we can even discuss about decision-making. Does that even really mm -hmm. exist? But well, let's not go there yet. Maybe that's for a different episode. But maybe we can start discussing, Amy, how this connects to our next episode, how it will be relevant for next week for people that are following us on a week basis because maybe they want to be eager for what's come next. And on my part, Amy, I, something that I prepared is that Even though I'm not a personal fan of hers, I really like this song about Adele, by mm -hmm. Adele, sorry, that is I Drink Wine from her latest album, that it's, her albums are always her age. So I think <laughs> it's like 30, something like that. I, I don't know, but I remember that she has something like 19, 21, I think 25, and I think this one is 30. So, and, it, and it's a beautiful song. No, I don't think it's a beautiful song, but it's a, a song that has resonated with me because mm -hmm. she speaks how her behavior was affected by the expectations of others and how mm -hmm. she, uh, she and her partner became a person that they don't even they, they, that they didn't even like so i think that's some very powerful lyrics i i'm not directly quoting i'm paraphrasing i'll be quoting mm -hmm. this the lyric next week okay. so we can continue discussing the public versus the private but what about from your parent Amy? what what can we expect um I was thinking about Kendrick Lamar, especially okay. the hard part five. I, I am a huge Kendrick fan. Uh, and I I love how he talks about uh, putting things into risk, uh, making an effort for something that he calls culture. He wants to make an effort for preserving and saving culture. But as the song progresses, And he starts realizing that that culture is actually horrible and it's not something that he wants to, to defend anymore. And he starts denying uh, that as a culture. He don't, doesn't want to call those kind of things culture, actually. And so it's an, a, diff, a very different way in which the, the public is affecting the private, right? Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And I think it would be cool to see how these two songs connect, right? And how they try to express them from different areas, because at the end, Adele is still considered a pop. And mm -hmm. I know that some people believe that pop cannot go too deep, but maybe mm -hmm. it can. So it would be cool to see how they connect and they, from their sides, want to express the same and want to fight the same fight, possibly. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, do you have anything? Else? Uh, well, no, before we say goodbye, I would like to ask everybody who is listening, like these the five hand, uh, cool people, the five beautiful and cool people that are listening to us, <laughs> to uh, give some comments. We have asked a couple of questions during the episode. And now I want to ask you guys, how much you think the public has affected your life? I mean, if you want to go too intense and too personal, go ahead. It is a safe space for everybody. But you cannot just uh, type it superficially, right? I broke with my ex because of the public. I understand. We all been there. <laughs> uh, and Amy, would you like to ask a question? Or do you think with just this one is more than enough? Uh, I think it would be good asking, how do you think that we can defend ourselves from the influence of the public, especially influences that we may don't want in our lives? 
Okay, maybe they can solve our lives after this episode, right? They are going to give us the answers that we are seeking for them. I hope. Yes. Please. But well, Emi, do you have any last comments before we say goodbye? Yeah, uh, I would like to to comment something quickly. We've uh-huh. been criticizing how the public uh, negatively influences the private life. Um, but I would like to now comment how there are some things that usually happen on the private life uh, but have to be thrown or have to be exposed in the public life. Uh, I know that I have been called off for being uh, <laughs> too critical, too weird uh, in our last episode and I'm going to do it again. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm going to quote Sandra Lee Barkey from her book, Femininity and Domination. Okay. Uh, I, I would like to read uh, just a, a section of one of her essays that is called uh, Feminine Masochism and the Politics of Personal Transformation. So this is uh, feminist theory. Um, and she says that the belief that the things we do in the bosom of the family or in bed are either natural or else a function of the personal idiosyncrasies of private individuals in health to be an ideological curtain that conceals the relative women's systematic oppression. For the feminist, two things follow upon the discovery that sexuality too belongs to the sphere of the political or the public, as we have been calling it. The first is that whatever pertains to sexuality, not only actual sexual behavior, but sexuality, sexual desire and sexual fantasy as well will have to be understood in relation to a larger system of subordination. The second, that the deformed sexuality of culture main private life an area of a struggle where a politically correct sexuality of mutual respect will contend with an incorrect sexuality of domination and submission. So maybe what we should do as I stopped quoting. What we should do is not letting uh, the public affect our private life, but we should try to make some issues that happen in the private a bit more public. I think this is also a discussion <laughs> for another episode because I have so much to say. I, I mean, not necessarily disagreeing with you, Amy. Mm-hmm. But we would need some more rational and wise, right? I think that's important because it yeah. shouldn't be taken so like Lightly. just do it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. agree on that. I would say like do it, but reflect on it first and not everything should be public. Some yeah, no, no, that's said, not what she's saying at all. She's talking about specific patriarchal behaviors. Uh, dominant behaviors. Like okay. that's why she says what happens in bed, right? Uh, yeah, and the, the thing is, for example, we have this case of Amber Hart and I what was his name, Johnny Depp, that it mm-hmm. was a, a travesty, totally. That it, it wasn't about making public something unfair. It was mm-hmm. uh, some like odd fight for power. Let's see who is more mm-hmm. powerful. If I can use my tools on my convenience, so both of them really affected many things. Mm-hmm. Many, many things, and they destroy so many others. And I've heard a podcast. I'm not saying that I am an expert. I'm just like 
oversharing what I heard and overthink the episode about feminism. They they explain how the trial really affected the feminist movement, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this is also very dangerous. So that's why I say we should consider everything, right? Yeah, but well, we can discuss on that later. I just want to throw a bit of a joke before we say goodbye. Our director is supposed to be listening to us, and he's asking us to do things that we already did. Yes, we already <laughs> asked for some ranking, and we already asked for the questions, but well, that's the life of, of recording, right? Thank you very much for listening to us. <laughs> I hope you are enjoying this. See you around. <laughs> Bye.